What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Dog, coming live at you with another, another episode of the True Players Podcast. I know you guys haven't heard from me in about two weeks. Um, just had to um, take care of some personal things, and uh, now I'm back in the game right now, getting you guys another episode. I'm going to talk about the uh, the hot stove, which happened uh, two weeks ago with the Mets and Yankees, and as well as um, Major League Baseball. And um, like I said, I'm a little bit behind, but I did I did write up this podcast right after the right after the meetings. So once again, I apologize for the delay. Um, but before we get into that with the hot stove with the New York Mets and Yankees, I want to talk about briefly a brief preview of the last game of the season for the Jets and Giants. Um, big game for the career of Pat Shermer as Giants head coach as he goes into. Um, the last week of the season, facing the Philadelphia Eagles with the opportunity, opportunity to keep the, the Eagles from getting into the playoffs. Um, it's it's going to be a tough task, but I think I have a feeling the Giants is going to try to is going to um, pull this game out today. Um, I'm, I, I give it about 75 percent shot because they, the first game they played earlier, like a few weeks ago, they did have a seventeen to three lead over the Eagles with Eli Manning as starting quarterback. Um, so the, the Giants definitely do have an opportunity to win this 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 uh, football game, and um, we'll see what happens at four 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 o'clock. Which um, finally the NFL did the right thing by separating the two New York teams, have one play at one o'clock, one play at four o'clock, um, for the first time at about, at about two years, two seasons. They haven't done that in two seasons. So New York has the opportunity to get a, a decent doubleheader with both teams, and. Um, uh, as I believe, this is going to be this is going to be the final game for um, Pat Shermer. He was overmatched for New York, overmatched for the team that he had presented to him. They didn't didn't um, get the best out of the multitude of players, but it wasn't entirely his fault because the defense absolutely sucked. Um, Gettleman did not address that through the draft properly, and I felt he should be he should be going as well. But it looks like because of um, Saquon and um, Daniel Jones, he gets to keep his job for another year. So. Unfortunately, that's the way the, the ball drops sometimes. But let me get back. Let me get to the Jets right here. The Jets um, facing the Buffalo Bills with the opportunity to end the season at 7-9 after starting the season at 2-7. Um, this is smoke and mirrors, guys. Adam Gates is not a great coach. If I was a GM, if I was one of the New York Jets, I would fire him after the season. Because there's, there's there was a lot of missed opportunities early in the season, which they could have been at least competitive for the playoffs and that opportunity to compete for the playoffs lost some bad games lost that first game against Buffalo which you know, you, when you have, when you when you when you get four takeaways you shoot with that game running away so this like I said smoke and mirrors he didn't utilize they Le'Veon Bell properly he didn't want to use him and that all that see that's the problem with Adam Gase. He gets takes takes things too personal with his plays. He wants to take his his plays to task, but but you as a coach have to have accomplished nothing as a head coach. So they're gonna get they're gonna get Buffalo's B and C team today because Buffalo is already locked in as the fifth seed in the AFC playoffs. Um, the Buffalo has a great defense, man. They, they got the four guys up front that get get the get pressure the passer. They stopped the run very well. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be a, a good team for years to come, in my opinion. But like I said, they're gonna call the Wolves off today so they can get ready for the wild card game against. Um, I believe they're gonna be taking on the Texans in the first round, and I will talk about that game a little bit later in the week. 
get close to uh, game time there. And um, the Jets have a big opportunity to make, to make it 7-9. But like I said, it's smoke and mirrors. I don't, I don't believe Yadav Gay should keep his job. All right? But like I said, all offseason moves, I will talk about that in the podcast in the days to come. Um, I'll, I'm going to hit you guys with at least three, three episodes in a matter of two days. Three episodes in a matter of, I would say, two to three days. So keep, keep your uh, ears tuned to that. And now let me get over to the uh, hot stove moves. It's been two weeks already since the moves have been made. Um, just take, I'm just going to talk about the notable signings with the other teams. Steven Strasburg resigns with the Nationals for seven years, $246 million. Um, this guy never wanted to leave um, Washington. He was comfortable there. He just won a championship there. He wasn't going anywhere. Um, Madison Bumgarner, which was, um, I, went, I can't say shocking, but I felt the, the, the amount of money that he was given. Um, he could have came to, to the Mets for that money. But I will talk about that later. But he goes to the Arizona Diamondbacks for five years, 85 bill. Um, Didi Gregorius signs a one-year contract for $14 million with the Phillies. Cole Hamels signs a one-year, $18 million with the Atlanta Braves. And our good old friend, Travis Darno signs with the Braves for two years, $16 million. And Tyler Flowers, a reliever, signs for one year, with, one year for $4 million with the Braves, as well as Will Smith, also signs with the Braves. Another bullpen um, help for three years, $39 million. And, you know... I've, if you listen to many of my podcasts previously, previous episodes, when I speak about Zach Wheeler, and I was not a big fan of his, not because of his of his lack of talent, it, it was because of the lack of efficiency in his pitching. This guy does have the talent to be a, a, an ace on the staff if he's efficient with his pitches. If he goes seven innings with 100 pitches and strikes out seven, eight batters, which he's capable of doing. But now he signs with the Phillies for five years with $18 million. He's going to go to a manager who knows how to handle pitchers because he's, he was a catcher himself in Joe Girardi. My, my thing is, from what, I, what I've understood, that the Mets even offer him a contract. It's offer him a qualifying offer, which, you know, typical Mets fashion, um, which I hope it will change once, once Michael Cohen becomes full-blown, Decision maker as owner of the Mets, that will change. If the Mets had just offered him at least five years at 100, 100 mil, he would have stayed with the Mets. Now you're going to face him probably three, four starts a year now because he stays in the division. And in Mets history, anytime we let a, 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 a homegrown, not uh, he's not a, really a homegrown player, but we, he, he was brought in in a trade to be one of the, the, the aces of our staff. These guys who are homegrown or, or brought in to be great with the Mets always come back and bite the Mets in the ass. So that's why that does not happen. But I wish him the best of luck with the Phillies. Um, he is a talented pitcher. He has a, a, a fantastic. He has a fantastic fastball, fantastic cha- um, slider. He just has. To, if he becomes more efficient with his pitching and walks less people, watch out. Him and um, Aaron Nola up top, up top of that rotation with uh, Jake Arrieta, the veteran, as a third starter. Philly's going, Philly's going to compete for that division. So we'll see what happens with that situation, and hopes it works. Out, hope it works out for the Mets, not for the Phillies. And now we're going to speak about the Yankees. I know 
you know, I, I, you know, I have to do a better job speaking about the Yankees, even though I'm not a fan of the Yankees, but only because it's not because of the team or how Brian Cashman does his stuff. I actually respect their their hustle. I respect their uh, tenacity and maintaining a level of um, winning in that organization. Uh, and winning, and I wish would transfer over to the Mets once, like I said, once Michael Cohen takes over as owner and runs the show. Um, the Yankees did it big this time. They realized that they cannot, they cannot win, they cannot get to the World Series and win a championship with a great bullpen and only two starters in the starting rotation. So they addressed that by signing Garrett Cole for nine years, three hundred twenty-four million dollars. I see the, I see the press conference guys, and I seen him talk about, oh, yeah, he always, always wanted to be a Yankee. Yeah, okay. When people are giving you three hundred twenty-four million dollars for nine years, you gonna say that? Money talks. Bullshit walks. And the one thing about the Yankees that they bring that money, they bring that money into talking with it. And also, they re-signed Brett Gardner for one year, twelve point five million dollars. Hopefully, he will be the center, the center fielder, or center fielder, or left fielder, while um, Giancarlo Stanton and um, Aaron Judge rotate, being a DH. Um, but like I said, the Yankees switching, um, switching the focus. Instead of having a, uh, and a superstar, superstar type of bullpen where you get to get to the fifth inning and you should have done with them, they're going back to starting pitching. Guys who eat eat innings, get six, go, go pitch six, seven innings, a start, throw hundred pitches with efficiency. And um, this pitching staff is is going to be a good pitching staff now because look at this, you got uh, Garrett Cole is going to be the ace. Still got Tanaka, who's on his last year of his contract. Severino's looking for a rebound, rebound season. Severino. Looking for a rebound season from his injuries. And you still got Paxton and Jay Happ. Jay Happ, in which I believe they try to uh, move him. So they bring um, Herman back. Hopefully they'll be able to bring Herman back from that domestic violence situation that he had during the season. So like I said, the Yankees are in a good they are They have a great offense. The only problem with the Yankees is they still need that big left-handed bat either at first base or or at DH. They didn't re-sign Didi Gregorius because they want to move Gleyber Torres to shortstop, but DJ LeMay, who goes back to his natural position at second base, now leaves a void at first base, whether you're going to fill it with Lucas Voigt or some or whatever player that they may sign it during free agency. Because they let Encarcion go to, to the White Sox, so he's not going to be coming back to the Yankees. So the, the Yankees still got work to do, but I feel that they're still going to win 100 games. It's all about it's all, it's all about how many more games over 100 they're going to win now with Garrett Cole on the staff. Um, people, you know, look at the nine years and like, why are you going to give a pitcher nine years for $324 million? Garrett Cole is like 29 years old. Trust and believe that. If the Yankees can get at least five, five, five solid years from him of, a win, of at least 17, 18 wins... You, you won on that contract. The Yankees won on that contract. So, I'm going to leave it on that. That's where the Yankees go. Now, we now to my fellow Mets fans, we're going to talk about our Mets. Our New York Mets. But first, let me start off by talking, speaking about the two sign, the two pitches that we signed. In which uh, we signed Rick Porcello for one year, $10 million. We signed Michael Walker for one year, $3 million. Um... My thing is, I was all for Rick, Rick signing Rick Porcello. Michael Walker, I was kind of if if iffy about it, but 
we'll see what happens. See, well, let's see. Let's see how Carlos Beltran and the entire staff um, handle the situation with six starting pitchers. Keep in mind one thing, Mets fans, my dear Mets fans, my fellow fan, Mets fans. We have technically we have at least eight starting pitchers on our major league staff right now, which includes Seth Lugo and Gisellman. I mentioned that you know before the news I got, the news that we all got early this week, early last week about the signing of Batances, I said we needed more arms in the bullpen. We addressed that by signing Dylan Batances, in which. I was all for it, but it would not have would not have been possible had certain things had fallen to place as as far as um, get um, get Cespedes to restructure his contract to about he's going to make about six point five million dollars. I'm going to speak about that a little little in a few minutes about that, and the fact that Brody took a ch- took a chance on a great arm. This guy has been solid for the Yankees his entire career. You bring that arm to that bullpen. Plus, you bring back uh, 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 Jerry Familia, who lost 20 pounds. Well, I think he's gonna he's gonna have a bounce back year. I have more faith in him as a, in, a, in a bounce back year than I do in um, Diaz. Because you know why? A lot of you Mets fans don't agree with me. Familia has been great in New York at one point in his career. Though, in my opinion, he's been better than what everybody thought he was. In my opinion, the only game he really blew was Game One in the World Series in 2015, and that that that, that playoff, that one game playoff in 2016. The World Series, the other, other times his appearance in the World Series, Terry Collins, you know, as great as a manager he was in that 2015 season, he put his clothes in a bad position, and you can't do that. You can't do that. So that's that's where that's what happened with Jerry Familia. As far as that goes, he loses 20 pounds, gets that bite back on the slider, get the bite, get the bite back back on his fork ball or split finger, and could have more and more of a um, command of his fastball. You 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 get him back, and hopefully he could he could sink 40 games for you, or be that or be that bridge to Diaz if he um, recovers. This is an opportunity here. This is an opportunity, um, guys. That you know, if if Diaz. Um, Bounces back as well. Let me tell you something, guys. Seven, eight, nine, seven, seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning, it shut down. Shut down. The Batances, Familiar, and Diaz. And if you go to six, if you go to from the sixth inning on, you got Lugo, in which he's kind of moaning and groaning that he that he wants to be a starting pitcher. I get that. I totally agree with that. Um, if, if me, if I was if I was a GM, I would definitely entertain that. This is this is where the sight of Michael Walker for me kind of blocks everything, because now you you, you took away Lugo's ability to compete for that fifth starting complete compete for the fifth starter slot. So so that's that's the way that's that's the that's the way the ball drops and Lugo just has to deal with it for the sake of the team and hopefully they, um, because of they'll win some more ball games because of that now let's get through a few few more needs for the Mets the Mets still need a center fielder everyday center fielder and a back catcher okay they're, they're still floating around the idea of trading Dom Smith but 
in my opinion, they should tr- focus on trading away uh, Jed Lowry and his salary. You know, it's one one year left on the salary. He's he's. I, I understand he was an All Star back in twenty whatever twenty seventeen. The last time he actually played a season. So it was in twenty twenty eighteen whatever. But um, this is a situation that you're spending money on a guy where you had other players who could have done the same thing he did. Who could, who could have done more than he did last season. He didn't even play most of the season. Because of a, because of a fluke injury that only supposed to take two, two, three weeks to heal from. So, they should focus on training Jed Lowry. I would love, love, I would love to keep um, Dom Smith, but the fact of the matter is there's no space for him on this team. Uh, Peter Alonso has that first baseman position on lock. Um, this is where I feel that uh, the trade for Robson Cano hurt the position flexibility of the New York Mets. Had it not trade for Robson Cano, you could have shifted McNeil to second base, have Peter Alonso take some ground balls to the Arizona Fall League at third base, see if he can handle the position, and then you got Dobson at that first base, and you solidify, and you solidify everything from there. So that's that's you know that's the that's the price you pay when you make a big trade like that. You, you take away you one thing about in my opinion, in my opinion as a, as a baseball GM, you got to be able to have position flexibility and payroll flexibility at the same time, and also maintain a certain level of age on your team. Because each when a guy gets over 34, 35, then you got to really take a take a look at whether or not he's worth it for the team. Worth keeping him on the team, worth trading for a guy on the team. So that's my opinion in regards to that. But Dallas Smith is definitely trade bait. Looking to trade if they if they have to trade Jared Dobby, they have to throw Dallas Smith into the deal. Um, Brandon Nemo, another guy who I don't want to trade. I think he'd be a viable fourth outfielder, um, or even a starting outfielder. But the, the need is center field. The Mets are floating the idea of against Star, uh, Starling Marte. Let's let's try to get this guy and hope he doesn't dog it because I heard stories about he does dog it at times. Um, let's see what happens. Maybe you could try, find, try to find a trade without trading away Nemo. See, see if they can take Cespedes. He's at six point five million right now. Michael Michael Fordo, Michael Conforto is is is, is 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 locked in the right field, um, and then now the potential of having Mookie Belts on the bets on the team for next year. Now it comes to effect with uh, Michael Cohen soon to be soon to be taken over as uh, as full control as Mets owner. It should happen right away. If he's gonna if he's gonna pay his money to buy the team, he should he should have say in the team no matter what. That's my opinion. That's bullshit with the, what the Wilpons are trying to do. And I heard the Wilpons had a loophole where they could back out out of the deal. If I was Michael Cohen, if I'm if I'm paying, I already gave you money to pay off your debt at the Madoff scheme. And I'm trying to take over the team. You best believe I'm going to have a say. I've, i got to have a say on what's going to happen on that team from day one. Not five years later. Not three years later. So that's how you know that's the, how I would handle the situation, and I would love to work for a guy like Steve Cohen because he's a, he's a passionate fan and he's willing to invest in the team. So now, 
as the Mets, you know, enter enter the season with six starting pitchers. And th- this is my this is my opinion about the whole situation. How you how you you, you would utilize Rick Porcello and Michael Walker. And I would say Michael, I would say Rick Porcello would be the fifth starter with Strowman, with um, Syndergaard, Degrom, Strowman, Mats, and Porcello. Rocket like that. And um, have each pitcher go at least 30, to make 30 starts per season in which the sixth starter can make about, I would say, anywhere from 15 to 20 starts. There's, there's ways of doing it. Uh, one, one of my ideas is to, like, you know, every four or five starts, have each pitcher, you know, not go, not go, um, not go another, not go. This is on um, turning the rotation at least one time every five starts, in which he can, you you can utilize him in a way that his bullpen session could be utilized in a live game where he could throw go in there and throw an inning or so. That'll be his bullpen bull, his bullpen um, session while pitching in a live game. So he'll keep his keep his um. His continuity up while he, he's taking resting for that one start, and then get him in line for the next, for his next um, start on five days. That's the way I would utilize that. But now let me get into um, now what the Mets should look at is now the center fielder. I already spoke about St- uh, Stalling Marte. They, they can go they can go into the season with uh, with Nimmo as the starting center fielder, even Michael, Michael Conforto. But backup catch is very important. You know. I want to see how Syndergaard does. First of all, he has, he has a great creative rapport with um, Wilson Ramos. It's not making excuses why he's, he hasn't been himself. Get that in order. That's that's why that's why speed training is going to happen in about six seven weeks. Get that get that in line and get it done, guys. Um, backup catchers. This is this is my top four guys for backup backup catcher right now who are still available. Jonathan Lucroy, a veteran catcher. He, he had a subpar season last season. Could get him on the cheap, but he knows how to handle a pitching staff. Another guy who knows how to handle a pitching staff who's also a veteran, an older older veteran, Russell Martin. Another another guy who could handle uh, a, a pitching staff and has, has you know catch in playoff games. So you know he'll know how to um, control the pitching staff and not lose too much offense when um, Wilson Ramos. Is, is, is having a rest and I don't know how you guys feel about Kevin, Plo- Kevin Plowecki um, he's a free agent Cleveland didn't resign him what do you guys think about that I think it's, I think the Mets should look into it because he's already been in the organization he already knows the pitching staff there so it's not it's not going to be too hard of a too hard of a um, adjustment for the for him and the pitching staff because they already know each other another guy that I'm looking, looking at is also Matt Weeders from the Baltimore um, Orioles, another veteran guy, uh, a big bat when healthy, and um, let's see what happens. Let's see, let's see what, where, where Brody's gonna go at uh, go at now. And I did mention, you know, bullpens. Um, even though the Mets are now setting their bullpen with Dylan Patances, you could never have enough, you could never have enough bullpen arms. And these are my top five guys for bullpen. Well, actually, four guys because Tyler Clipper just got, got just got signed to the Twins. So let's look at look at um, another guy, an old Met, Addison Reed, who pitched good in New York, who, who was a good pitcher in New York. You should look at him. Still look at him. Still look at him. 
um, Francisco, Francisco Liriano, a left-handed pitcher. You can have another left-hander to go with um, Justin Wilson. Who could also can be stretched to a, another starting pitcher if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, be a little bit greedy in regards to that. Um, Ivan Nova, another guy who could start, also start, but also come out of the bullpen as well. You could also look at that situation as well. And you know, I don't know how you guys feel about this. But if I was if I was GM New York Mets, I would definitely take a look at Matt Harvey. Remember one thing: Matt Harvey had an issue with um, Sandy Olson. Sandy Olson is no longer there anymore. You got Omar there, so you know. Hopefully, Omar can smooth smooth the uh, smooth the waters as, uh, and hopefully, bring him back. Get his, get, have him pitch in the minor league. Get his, get his mind back. And if you don't, if God forbid, if you, if you, if you're unable to be signed to Marcus Stroman, and Harvey has great season in the, in the minor leagues, you sign him right back into that rotation. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So now the Mets. I'm going to now the infield, outfield. But we need more, uh, more depth in the infield because you can't, you can't guarantee Cano's going to play the entire season. These are the guys I'm looking at, as well as infield depth. Backup players, okay, guys who give um, extra at-bats. Joe Panic, who did a great job filling in when Okano was injured. I'm, I'll, I'd like to look at him because he's a, left, he's a left-handed bat that we, that we need in the lineup. Um, Starling Castro, a guy who, who can play multiple positions, um, whether it's third base, shortstop, second base. He comes a lot of a lot of um, a lot of um, terrain in that infield. You can definitely look at him. Bring back an old vet like Azuma Cabrera. You know he could again he could play third base and second base. I wouldn't put him in at the second shortstop, but second and third base is good enough. And as far as a backup player who has some outfield experience, you don't want to put him out in the outfield too much. Big left-handed bat who can play for his base. Our, our, our old friend Lucas Duda. As a backup to Peter Alonso, um, definitely we should look. We need big. We need big left-handed bats. We don't have enough. We have Conforto. We have Nemo. We need more left-handed bats to, to, to have that that lineup balance and have a left-handed bat coming off the bench to stabilize things in case they come with a right-hander for our, a right-hander against our hitters. We have a left-hander to kind of, to, to fight to uh, counterbalance that situation. And before before I um, end this podcast, this episode of this podcast, I want to speak about you and Cespedes. Um, the fact that he had to restructure his contract from twenty nine point five million to six point five million, which gave us the ability to sign Matanzas and Pacello. Truth be told, the mess was looking to avoid his contract because of his um, mysterious injury at his ranch while he broke his ankle while was while he was supposed to be rehabbing off his two heel surgeries. This this could play in so many. The fact that he agreed to it plays into so many ways for the Mets that they could do a lot of things. They could trade him, um, make help, you know, make sure he plays out his contract, or you you don't you don't lose any money if he doesn't um, play up to what he's supposed to be play up to the sense that he's he's used to. Now. Um, he told he assessment said he's motivated. He said he told Eduardo Perez, who was a runner-up on the for the Mets manager's job, that he's going to hit 40 home runs this year. Listen, if this guy hits 40 home runs for the for our, for our team, 
at six point five million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Even though it, it, he may get back, he may get most of the money back in the centers. Keep him on the team. Why not? If he does, he does, he does play well. And me as a general manager, I may take a risk and, and try to give him keep to keep this man motivated, give him a one year contract every year. Why not? It seems that he seems like he plays better when he's on that pressure to get that next contract. So, this, these are my thoughts about the uh, Mets moves and Yankees moves. Yankees moves about uh, about their roster. They still got work to do. Both teams still got work to do. You know what I'm saying? Because both, especially the Mets, the division, National League East is. I mean, American National League East is, is, is going to be a beast of a division. You got the Phillies, you got the Braves, you got the Nationals, defending champions. You got the Mets. And the Marlins. Now, I think the Marlins, the Marlins, are going to be improved as well. But you got four teams in that National League East who could win that East. So, I'm gonna sign off on this podcast. Uh, like you know, I'll meet you guys with another episode real soon. Hopefully, uh, by the end of the end of the night, it'll be posted. This will be posted um, today, this afternoon, and then this will be. The next episode will be posted either early tomorrow morning or tonight. Um, going to speak about dreams and, your, and what you guys should be focusing on in the year 2020. Um, that this that episode is going to be shooting off the hip. There's no outline for it. I'm just going to speak from my heart about what everybody should be doing, how to how to put themselves in a better position than what they were the year before. Um, once again, you can listen to my podcast on Joey G Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, um, iHeartRadio, um, SoundCloud. Any comments, feedbacks, hit me up on my email, True Players Podcast. That's T R U P L A Y A Z at gmail.com. Um, look forward to hearing from you guys. I'm going to sign up for this podcast. Peace.